Hello, I'm Eric Chabra with the Information Security Media Group, and I'm talking with Dan Chinook, a Senior Vice President at Pragmatics and Chairman of the Federal Government's Information Security and Privacy Advisory Board. Thanks for taking time to chat. Sure, Eric. Happy to be here. The Advisory Board just issued a report of federal government IT privacy. How's the government doing in assuring privacy protection to federal employees and its citizens? Well, the government's made a lot of uh, strides, but the board looked at the statutory legal and policy framework around privacy over the last 30 years and found it to be somewhat out of date. The Privacy Act of 1974, which gives the federal government its uh, guidance and recommendations and policy framework, uh, has not really been updated in over three decades. So the board found that in a number of areas, new technologies are in place that are essentially not covered by the Privacy Act and don't provide the kind of protections that Americans believe the government ought to be providing. And so the board came up with a series of recommendations that would help the government do better in protecting individuals' information when the government holds that information. Can you give us an example or two of the type of technologies that the Act doesn't cover? Sure. One type is actually the use of commercial databases uh, by government agencies. The Privacy Act requires that information about an individual in order to be protected under the Privacy Act, which means in order to have the individual receive notice about what the government's doing with their information and have access to the information the government used to make decisions about them, in order for those protections to apply, the government has to actually hold that information in a database, often a computer system, and then retrieve that information by the individual's name. Now, in this day and age, with the era of the Internet and search technology and even social networking type of technology, all of which involve relational databases and relational types of analysis, you don't have to hold information in a single database that's owned by the government to make decisions of that individual. And this can range from whether or not to let somebody in an airport get through a checkpoint to whether or not to award somebody a benefit in a government program for the disadvantage. Um, all of those programs might involve the use of third-party databases to check the information about individuals in ways that doesn't bring that information into the government store, but essentially leaves it there. Those uses by the government of those types of commercial databases aren't covered by the Privacy Act because the information isn't held in a government database. The advisory panel calls for a federal chief privacy officer, chief privacy officers in major agencies, and a chief privacy officers council. Why are they needed and what would they do? The board found was that the structure of privacy governance and leadership has not kept pace with the need to marshal the government's resources effectively in light of changing technology. So right now you've got a, essentially privacy is a piece of the job of a lot of different people. It's the main focus of the job of certain people in the intelligence community and at the Department of Homeland Security by statute. But there's not really a governance framework in any systematic way that provides for leadership at key levels. And so the board believe that as was done at the end of the Clinton administration when there was chief counselor for privacy in OMB, that OMB, because of its role as the statutory head of information policy and information technology policy, ought to be the, the home of a privacy official who could also take advantage of OMB's budget authorities to get agencies to take actions in the privacy arena. The chief privacy officers at key agencies recommendation expands on a requirement that's in the Intelligence Reform Act, I believe. Uh, that requires chief privacy officers at a number of agencies, including DHS and several intelligence community agencies. I think there are actually 10 such required privacy officers. And uh, exp would expand that to all major agencies because every agency deals with personally identifiable information and protecting that information, whether it's the Department of Education 
handling student financial aid and, and, and information about loan and income that are held by students and their families, to the Department of Health and Human Services, who protect very sensitive medical information, to the Department of Labor, who protect uh, sensitive information about workers' rights and unemployment insurance. In just about every case, each agency has mission reasons to protect information and keep it safe. So the board recommended that every one of those major agencies, which are commonly referred to as the CFO Act agencies, because the Chief Financial Officer Act Act set them out as major agencies ought to also have a chief privacy officer. And then finally, the board recommended that those chief privacy officers be connected in a coordinating and governance fashion in a chief privacy officer's council. Now, this would build on an existing committee that sits under the chief information officer's council, and the board recommended expanding its portfolio and its presence by creating a council that would work closely with chief information officers as well. What other key recommendations did the panel make, and why are they important? Well, the panel recommended that we, the Privacy Act notices be revised in key ways. Right now, citizens receive notice about what the government's doing with their information in a number of forms that aren't connected with one another and aren't necessarily clear. So when the government wants to establish a new system, it actually has to do what's called a system of records notice under the Privacy Act, and that's a document that's somewhat bureaucratic that's published in the Federal Register, which isn't commonly read by citizens. Secondly, the government requires that privacy impact assessments be done. This is under the E-Government Act of 2002, or government IT systems that are holding information about individuals, many kinds of systems like that. Those are not necessarily required to be the same or even a connected document. Third type of notice that the government required is on websites, and there's OMB guidance around that. That notice is not connected necessarily to the first two types. Finally, on every form that the government uses, whether it's web-based or paper, to collect information about individuals, there's a requirement for a notice under the Privacy Act that tells the individual filling out the form what's happening with their information. All of those different notices are creating a plethora of information that's not necessarily connected or understandable to individuals, and the board recommended reconciling those notices to be more understandable and to provide greater clarity to individuals about what the government's doing with their information and how their information can be protected. And then another area of recommendation was around federal government's cookie policy. Right now, the government makes it administratively burdensome uh, for agencies to place what is commonly done in the commercial space, to use cookies to help enhance a user experience in terms of their interaction with the government. The government does have special responsibility to take care of information and to not do something that an individual doesn't permit them to do with that information. And cookies can be used for bad purposes, especially for tracking individuals, which is something that we wouldn't want done without the individual's consent. So the board recommended that the government could enable uh, the use of this technology through an opt-in where the individual would essentially allow and give consent to the the government agency to say, yes, I trust the agency. I want to have them be able to give me the kind of user experience that I get when I go to eBay or Amazon or other types of e-commerce sites. And that will ensure that the individual has provided significant consent. Where does things go next? What challenges do you see to getting these these recommendations implemented? And what committee or what legislators are you working with to uh, try to accomplish this? Sure. The board's charter is to report to relevant committees of Congress, and that tends to be the committees of the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee and the Senate Government Affairs Committee, both of which have oversight over the Privacy Act and related elements in the E-Government Act. There is a draft bill that the Center for Democracy and Technology has put up on their website, cdt.org, which reflects many of the board's recommendations in bill form. 
and the CBTs put this up in a wiki form so that individuals can comment on it and that the bill can be improved through that process. In the meantime, we're briefing OMB and we're briefing congressional staff and trying to get currency for the recommendations. Some of them can be taken up without statute and others would require statute. So we, we see that there's a multi-front path forward. Thanks, Dan. Sure. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate the time. That's Dan Chinook, Chairman of the Federal Government Information Security and Privacy Board. For the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.